Hey everyone, my name is Luke and welcome to another episode of Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is available every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time and it's available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, as well as CastBox. And speaking of CastBox, I just want to, before I talk about all the things we're going to be talking about in today's episode... I just wanted to mention that uh, I apologize if you listen to the podcast on CastBox. There was a bit of an error on my part. I um, thought I had uploaded the last week's episode on CastBox and then discovered that I did not. And I was unable, because I was out of town, I was unable to get that episode uploaded. So I decided, you know what, I'll just wait until next Tuesday and I will release Last week's episode, episode number 32, and episode 33 on the same date and time. So, I apologize for that. If you do listen on CastBox, you probably were wondering where was last week's episode. I did notice that it was missing. So, I know you had to wait a week for this, but now it's kind of nice because if you do listen on CastBox, you have two back-to-back episodes to listen to now. So, I apologize on that. That was an overlook on my part. I will make sure that doesn't happen again. But it was available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and other podcast services. Um, I just, yeah, for whatever reason, I thought that it was uploaded and it wasn't. So, With that being said, let's get into today's episode, number 33 of Games Are Fun. So, I kind of wanted to do a mixture of an episode today. So, if you're a regular listener on the show, you know that I like to talk about video game news stories because it's what's going on in the industry and it's generally stuff that I'm keeping my eyes on or keeping tabs on, things that are on the horizon, new games that are on the horizon. And so today, I'm going to be talking about some news stories. I have three news stories for you. And then I want to have a little bit of discussion about um, kind of a new segment that I plan to end every episode with. So I wanted to to do something fresh and new because my old segment to end off the shows was question of the week. Each week I would come with you guys to a question and I wasn't getting enough people writing into that to kind of continue it on. And so I thought it'd be smart to kind of do something that is more it's fresh and new in my eyes and it's also a great opportunity for you guys to discover new games and maybe find out about games that you never even knew existed so that's a little bit of a teaser you'll have to wait till the end of the show to know what i'm referring to but yeah stay tuned for that because that's what what's going to end the show so i got three news stories for you the first one is all the news about mortal kombat 11 so we got the announcement for Mortal Kombat 11 at the Game Awards last year. Uh, it was kind of a weird announcement. They were putting up the nominees for best uh, sports slash racing game, and all of a sudden, a trailer played for a teaser trailer for Mortal Kombat 11. And so they had a live event where they revealed more of the game and the details surrounding it. And so we're going to be talking about that and you know what what I think of all that information as well as you know some it's basically just information on Mortal Kombat 11 that that I didn't have anything else to add to that and then secondly uh, sticking on the topic of fighting games this is weird we have a an official announcement for a Power Rangers fighting game there was it got leaked 
and then later in that day it was officially announced um so we got a trailer for it we're going to be talking about that power rangers game and then the last story that we're going to be talking about is game freaks game giga wrecker which is only available on pc is coming to xbox ps4 as well as nintendo switch of course game freak the developers behind the pokemon games so this is kind of an interesting news story not a lot for me to add on to it but i thought it cool it'd be a, a good way to generate discussion about different companies that usually partner with one company um, then making a game that's available on all platforms we've seen that happen in the industry quite a bit and so i kind of wanted to talk about that give some examples of some games in the past that did that and how it kind of shook up the industry in certain ways so and then of course like i teased we're going to end the show with what's called the games are the weekly games are fun spotlight also known as the weekly gaff spotlight not the coolest of names but that's the best kind of thing that i could come up with that kind of summarizes what it is so it is a weekly segment obviously because this show airs every week where i give a spotlight on a particular game so more details at the end of the show you gotta you gotta wait i'm not gonna give it away um but that is the what i'm looking forward to the most in this episode so make sure you, you stick around a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the news stories and that is of course this week at the end of this week resident evil 2 remake is releasing and so i've been pumped for this game i've been super excited ever since the announcement as well as when we got an even better look at it this past year and so i'm going to be getting it day one and i'm going to be hopefully doing some streaming over the weekend but i'm going to have an official stream date of january 29th that's actually going to be a day devoted to streaming the game over on my twitch channel so twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast and then i'm hopefully going to take segments from that live stream throughout the day and upload them over onto my youtube channel games are fun so that's kind of what's on the horizon uh, for Games Are Fun. You can head over to my Facebook page, just search for Games Are Fun, or if you're listening on SoundCloud, the link's in my bio. You can go over to my Facebook page, and that's when you're, where you'll get all the updates. Also follow me on Twitter, at GamesAreFunPod. That's the easiest way. Just set, you know, follow me on Twitter, set alerts for my tweets, and then you'll know instantly when I'm going live. Or, of course, go over to Twitch, and set alerts that way so that you get pinged right away when I'm going live. But for sure, January 29th and hopefully the weekend after release, I'm going to be doing a little bit of streaming. Just based on my schedule, I don't have like hours to devote. It might be a couple hours on the Saturday night or maybe um, a couple hours Sunday nights, depending on you know how things go in my life. And so that, that I'm looking forward to that. The stream, the 29th, that's the one you're going to really want to probably watch. Um, and then that's basically it. That's all I have. Today's episode is, like I said, last week I put a little more effort into preparing for that episode. Last week's episode was 10 cancelled video games that look promising and I had to do a little bit more research for that episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you go back and give it a listen because I'm going to be doing more things like that, more episodes that are similar to that, that involve a little bit more research and don't necessarily focus on games 
or events that are currently happening in the gaming industry, but looking back at certain things. And so I'm testing it out here of doing, I've, and I've done it throughout this podcast history of doing top 10 lists or breaking down games in certain categories that I enjoy, but I thought it, I would focus more on doing that on the podcast and eventually that kind of stuff is hopefully going to transit transition excuse me over to my youtube page so again i'm, I'm working at as i'm still in the planning process i started this year with letting you guys know that i have big plans for the podcast and i'm still motivated as ever it's just finding the enough time in the weeks to you know start putting those things together i'm still planning them i've actually started working on some of the things and so it's really exciting. So all you guys who come back and listen each week, thank you very much. That makes makes it all worth it in my eyes. It really means a lot that you guys are, are patient with me and uh, you know listening to the, the content I can create for you guys each week. So thank you very much. Now let's get into the show, Mortal Kombat 11, a game that is gonna be making its way to Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. So, because I didn't want to miss anything, the best way of going about this was going over to Polygon and reading Michael McWerter. I think it were, were, I, I'm, I apologize, Michael, if I, I always butcher names. It's just a given. Uh, but Michael over on Polygon.com has the article, Mortal Kombat 11, Everything We Know. So go over there and make sure you give the click to them because uh, they are the ones bringing this article. I'm just bringing it from there to you guys. So everything we know about Mortal Kombat 11. So Michael writes, NetherRealm Studios revealed new details on Mortal Kombat 11 during a live event in Los Angeles Thursday, offering fans a first look at gameplay, a roster of new and returning characters, and changes coming to the series' well-worn fighting systems. Here's a rundown of what NetherRealm and series co-creator Ed Boon announced and teased for MK11. So, starting off the Mortal Kombat 11 roster, Mortal Kombat 11 will feature both new and returning characters, some who have existed since the franchise's beginning, including Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Raiden, and Sonya Blade will be there again. Fan favorites like Baraka and Scarlet, who skipped the previous Mortal Kombat game, will be back for MK11. Two new characters, Garrus and Kronika, will make their debut. Also, apologies in advance because I'm not a Mortal Kombat player, so I don't know these characters. And, you know, don't at me if I incorrectly pronounce their names. Garrus will fight using time control abilities, according to Boone. He can summon objects made of stone and sand in battle and can use those powers to teleport himself and trap his enemies. He can also stop and rewind time, holding enemies in place while he punches them with rock-covered fists. You can see Garrus's fight in his character reveal trailer. Garrus fights in the service of the game's other new character, Kronika. She was teased in the first Mortal Kombat 11 trailer back in December. According to Boone, Kronika's been running the show since the first Mortal Kombat, but when Raiden alters the timeline by killing Chinook in Mortal Kombat X, she's forced to intervene. NetherRealm Studios hasn't yet confirmed whether Kronika will be a playable character, but she's the boss of the game, the first female big bad in the Mortal Kombat series, so it's likely. NetherRealm also teased another possible returning character, Cabal, who debuted in MK3. Characters like Lu, Li Kang and Kung Lao will appear in the game, but it's not confirmed yet if they'll be playable. The initial roster for Mortal Kombat 11 will feature 25 playable characters, according to the character select screen, as well as Shao 
con a pre-order bonus character. Fighters in Mortal Kombat 11 will be highly customizable, building upon what NetherRealm created for Mortal Kombat X and Injustice 2. While previous games featured multiple, multiple predetermined fighting variations, MK11 will give players the option of customizing their character in more granular ways. In the case of Scorpion, players can pick which mask, sword, and spear they want to equip, each of which can be augmented by socket, socketed items. Players can choose which special abilities they want to take into battle for further customization. There's also the cosmetic component, which includes options like character skin, cinematic intros of victory screens, and even fatalities. Players have the option of naming their character customization loadouts. So I'm just going to take a break right here to talk about that. That's probably one of the biggest highlights I think coming out of Mortal Kombat 11. Customization is key with a lot of these games. Now I'm not a fan of this typical fighting games, mostly because I'm not very good at them and I, and I just, I've tried to learn them and it's just not my cup of tea. I think if I really sat down with a good fighting game and you know was committed to learning the different combos and how each character plays, then I could see it kind of me being becoming more interested in the fighting game genre. But as it stands, it's just kind of something that you know I tried, kind of, sorta uh, tried being the keyword. I, I really haven't given too much of a solid effort into fighting games. And yeah, I think this is something that really actually attracts me to fighting games is the customization options. So, you know, when you have games like fighting games, um, I, I think I just see them as very two dimensional uh, and I'm not speaking in the terms of like a 2D fighter. I'm more speaking that there's not a lot of depth to them. You have a roster of characters all with different abilities and you fight said characters against each other and that's about it. I obviously enjoy them when I'm playing against somebody whether it's online or if I'm playing couch uh, couch like versus against them but you know other than that they're just kind of repetitive and so giving things giving fighting games things like customization I think really make it more it adds more layers to it than just the fighting, right? You can really make your character perform and fight the way you want it by, you know, changing certain things. The cosmetic options and finishing moves are obviously just extra bonuses. They don't really uh, take away or, or, or really impact the gameplay in any major way, but I, they definitely add to it, I think. At putting them there is really nice. So, you know, in this article talking about which uh, mass, sword, and spear they want to equip, um, and you know that that's all stuff that I think really adds to making your character original in a way that uh, kind of lines up with how you like fighting with them. Of course, the moves are all going to be relatively similar, but at the same time, it's still giving you more options, which is never a bad thing, I think. Okay, so continue on with Polygon's article, the combat. NetherRealm is switching up the Mortal Kombat fighting formula by rethinking and adjusting some mechanics that date back to 2011's Mortal Kombat, aka MK9. The meter that used to be shared for moves like the combo interrupting breaker 
X-ray moves and enhanced attacks has been split in two. That meter appears in the bottom right and left corners with the horizontal portion reserved for offensive moves and the vertical portion used for defensive moves. X-ray moves appear to have transitioned into what Netherrealm is calling fatal blows. When a player's health meter drops below 30%, they'll get access to a fatal blow. A nasty looking combo that they can unleash by pressing pressing two shoulder buttons at once. A fatal blow can only be executed once per game, not per round, so players will have to use it strategically. Additionally, if a player uses a fatal blow and it doesn't connect, the move will go on lengthy cooldown before they can try again. Um, and then it kind of goes a little bit more uh, about the combat, which I'm going to actually skip over and talk about the story of Mortal Kombat 11. So Mortal Kombat 11's story campaign is set immediately after the events of 2011 Mortal Kombat. According to Netherrealm's official description, Raiden has upset the balance of history with the death of Chinook. Tired of Earthrealm's defiance, Kronika, the Keeper of Time, will bring order to the universe through any means necessary. Boone said that the story will involve characters from one Mortal Kombat timeline, meeting and occasionally beating the organs out of younger versions of themselves. He also unveiled the game's opening cinematic, which features Dark Raiden, Chinook, and Kronika. You can... Uh, yep. More details on Mortal Kombat 11 are expected on January 30th during Netherrealm's next Combat Cast livestream. For the time being, um, this is all the information we have. So, yeah, like a healthy dosage, I think, of information on this game. It's coming out in April, so obviously we needed to know more about that game. When we got it announced in December, uh, it was said that there was going to be you know, these details that I just went over released in January. So that's really cool that we're getting a really good chunk. Uh, and another even look at the game come at the end of January as well. So that's really sweet. What I'm really excited for is that this is a game that's going to be available on the Nintendo Switch. Now, Mortal Kombat kind of has a history with Nintendo uh, due to its violence. If we go back to Mortal Kombat back in the day, there were so many lawsuits surrounding Mortal Kombat and the violence that was you know part of the video in in the in the video game and made up part of the video game and you know traditionally because of that uh nintendo trying to steer away from violent video games mortal kombat hasn't necessarily been on nintendo consoles for a long time and so seeing it make its way back onto nintendo consoles is really great it's also great that it's going to be on the switch of all nintendo consoles a portable console so to be able to play mortal kombat 11 on the go on your switch being able to throw it in the dock and put it up on the tv is really great i'm sure there's going to be all sorts of different joy con or you know fighting stick like controllers that will somehow be able to adapt uh, to the game portably or in tabletop mode. Hopefully, one could hope. I, I would. Uh, what's probably more likely is just fight sticks that come available, but you have to use it on your Switch docked. But anyways, I am interested in this game. Like I said, I'm not traditionally a fighter game. Like when I was reading all about the combat systems and stuff, that's a, st a lot of information that is a lot to process and so that's what kind of intimidates me when it comes to fighting games but I, I genuinely think I'm going to give this one a chance. Uh, I'm going to refresh myself by playing Mortal Kombat 10. It, it's available on Game Pass now on Xbox and so I have it downloaded 
and I hopefully gonna play a little bit of that and you know get get ready for April for when it releases and then we'll see how it looks and performs on the Nintendo Switch because it's definitely not gonna perform as good on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One but when we can kind of see how well it performs then if it's good enough then maybe I'll take a look at it for the Nintendo Switch but only time will tell so Lots of news for Mortal Kombat fans. That's really sweet. Uh, moving on to the next story, and that is the new Power Rangers fighting game. So, Jordan Remy over on GameSpot.com. New Power Rangers fighting game trailer confirms Mighty Morphin Green is still the best. So a new Power Rangers fighting game titled Power Rangers Battle for the Grid has been announced. Despite featuring characters from the mobile game Power Rangers Legacy Wars, Battle for the Grid is a brand new title that's been designed with consoles in mind. According to a tweet from the official Battle for the Grid Twitter account, the game will feature a completely brand new battle mechanic in comparison to Legacy Wars, as well as different move sets for each fighter. Hasbro creative director Jason Bish- Bish- Bischoff tweeted that Battle for the Grid would include both a story mode and online PvP DLC content and both crossplay and cross-progression across systems. He added that unlike Legacy Wars, Battle for the Grid would not be free to play. An announcement trailer for Battle for the Grid teases what combat in the new game looks like. On Battle for the Grid's official website, combat is described as being easy to learn but hard to master, with the challenge coming from knowing when to strike, not how. Battle for the Grid features heroes and villains from throughout the Power Rangers franchise years of TV shows, movies, and comics. The announcement trailer sees Mighty Morphin Green Ranger uh, version 2, who's still the best version of Tommy Oliver, taking on both Mighty Morphin Red Ranger and Super Megaforce Yellow Ranger. Battle for the Grid's website also confirms Lord Dracon an alternate universe version of Mighty Morphin Tommy Oliver who went on to become an evil green-slash-white ranger hybrid that desires to destroy every ranger across the multiverse will be in the game as well. According to the game's website, there are 11 more characters scheduled for the game, but their identities have not been revealed. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is scheduled to release for Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC in April 2019. And if you pre-order the game, you'll receive Mighty Morphin Green Ranger version 2 character skin. So that's dope. Uh, I loved Power Rangers back in the day, the TV show. It was epic, to say the least. Going back and watching the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know that it doesn't hold up as well as I remember as a kid. Um, But it's silly. It's over the top. It's Power Rangers. And seeing a game devoted to consoles like this is really cool. Like mentioned, this is a game license that you would see just sticking to mobile platforms. Um because it makes the more sense. We've had uh, some different Power Rangers games over the years, but this is the first one I think that um, it, it does a good job because it's focusing on just being a fighting game, right? And I think that's where it's going to do well because so much of Power Rangers is combat and fighting. Let's just focus on that and not try to add too many you know, platforming elements to it because then it's just going to take away from that. Do I think this game is a AAA game that is going to be talked about by a lot of people? Absolutely not. This is a game that is a licensed game that's probably going to be fairly mediocre. Um, I'm hoping it actually is, you know, sitting on the this ends of like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Um, 
but there's nothing wrong with just a good game. The thing that is unfortunate this year or in this kind of generation of games is that your game needs to be really good in order it can't can't just be good or okay it needs to be great it needs to be amazing in order to stand out above the rest like if you look at the games that came out last year or the year before that or the year before that you know they're really good games like how are you going to go up against games like red dead redemption or you know god of war um, or any of the other, you know, first-party Nintendo games. Like, those are games that obviously aren't going to be going away. And, of course, they're not your direct competitor. But, at the same time, no one's going to play your game if the, all these other... If, if the quantity of really good AAA games are kind of, you know, flooding the market in a sense, right? And so, as I've kind of missed that mid-tier AA level game that we used to have back in the last generation are definitely from the playstation 2 and you know xbox and gamecube generation because we had just a larger quantity of those and so when there were there were some that you know actually were better than mediocre they were actually great games um that were licensed and it was it was quite cool so seeing that kind of stuff actually makes me a little bit happy i only again speaking of like only time will tell who knows what this game is going to be like it could be absolute garbage with just a you know the license of power ranger put over top of it to sell who knows i hope to see some more gameplay of this game in the future but you know we're we're rounding out the end of january here then we got february march and it's supposed to come out in april right so we're going to see more of this game in the coming months and then we'll get a better look at it. I really hope that they pull from other licenses and bring in characters um, from other TV shows from that time maybe to the game. I think that would win over a ton of people if you could bring in you know, certain characters from that time period where Power Rangers really blew up, right? Because if people who are buying this game are obviously going to be you know, fans of the original Power Rangers, um, or who who have somewhat knowledge of Power Rangers from back in the day, and if you pair that with you know DLC characters or something from other properties, that is actually going to benefit the game, I think, more than hinder it. But of course, that costs a lot of money, and can't just you can't just do that um, from nothing, right? So who knows? That's just a thought I had on that that I wanted to share. But looks cool nonetheless. You can of course. Uh, go over to that GameSpot article and watch the trailer for that Power Rangers game. Moving on to the third and final story for this week over on Express. Uh, Gary Jones has an article. PS4, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch treated to new game from Pokemon developers. So Game Freak has announced that they are releasing one of their newest titles on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, just the second title to land on Sony and Microsoft's latest gaming machines. It only happens every few years, but it looks like Game Freak are releasing one of their latest titles on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. The Pokemon developer won't be porting over any famous exclusives from a Nintendo device, but will instead be launching GigaWrecker on all platforms. Originally made for PC, GigaWrecker is a highly reviewed 2D action adventure game where you can manipulate debris and explore a world invaded by an army of evil robots. It won't be the first game, first Game Freak title to launch on the Nintendo Switch. 
that would be Pokemon Quest and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And it won't be the first game from the famous studio to be launched on PS4 and Xbox One either. But with just one other title available on the two consoles from Game Freak, Tembo the Badass Elephant was released in 2015, it will certainly be worth a look. Rising Star Games will be publishing the slightly upgraded version of the game on consoles, which will be named Giga Wrecker Alt. According to a new press release, Giga Wrecker Alt will add 20 additional puzzle stages to its campaign, a new companion character to assist players with the game's increasingly challenging puzzles, and an Iron Man mode with 5 times the damage than the regular mode. Alt will also overhaul the original localization to enhance the user experience, bringing with it 11 in-game languages, including Italian and traditional Chinese. Giga Record was brought to life through Game Freak's internal gear project, where its developers are encouraged to come up with intriguing ideas for games outside the company's normal, the official blurb explains. The game also features music by video game composer Shinji Hozo, known for Ridge Racer and Tekken, among many other titles. A firm release date hasn't been announced by Rising Star Game yet. However, it looks like Giga Wrecker Alt will arrive on consoles in 2019. This will include the game coming to all three consoles digitally, while limited-run games will distribute the PS4 and Switch physical versions. There doesn't appear to be any plans for a physical version to be launched on Xbox One at this time. And a quote, we are excited to be working together with Rising Star Games and Thunderful to bring Giga Wrecker Alt to console games around the world, said game director Masayuki Anoa. Giga Wrecker Alt will be the latest release from Game Freak, which will be followed by a very important exclusive for Nintendo Switch. A new Pokemon RPG is being released on the handheld hybrid in 2019, and then which is bound to be a massive seller for the system. It's been described as a core entry in the series, meaning it will not follow the steps of Pokemon Pikachu. Not to forget that this article did not mention that uh, a game called Town that is supposed to come out on Nintendo Switch. I believe that was announced at E3 2018. That is another Game Freak game that's going to be coming out on Nintendo Switch. So this is cool. Obviously, all the information's there. You can go over uh, and look up on that article, Giga Wrecker Alt, to see a little bit more about the game. The art style is really cool, but the reason why I wanted to actually talk about this is, like I mentioned at the top of the show, this is kind of cool um, because for a multitude of reasons. You have a game developer like Game Freak who is known for one big pillar franchise that is Pokemon, right? Obviously, Pokemon, the Pokemon Company, uh, Nintendo has stakes in, they Probably, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but they definitely have a ownership over that IP, right? And so we're not going to be seeing like a Game Freak, a Pokemon game making its way to a, a console like PS4 or Xbox One anytime soon. I'm not saying it will never happen, but it's fairly unlikely. But what's interesting in this is Game Freak has such a strong partnership with Nintendo and... It's kind of interesting when we see a studio that is generally paired up with one company making a game that's going to be available to others. Um, it does happen quite frequently, I would say, but why it's interesting is it kind of just gives you a glimpse of um, what a new studio or what a studio who's known for a certain type of game can do 
beside you know you know what i mean like game freak is known for pokemon which is a very specific type of game but it's interesting to see what else they can do outside of pokemon right and of course they have developed different games but it, it is cool seeing that they are having that partnership um with the other companies to release this game to all those platforms So Game Freak obviously is their own company, but what this kind of reminded me of is the possibility of how one company who is known for a specific you know, franchise of video games can just change, their path can be changed very simply. Um, now this isn't a great example because it, the circumstances are quite different, but I just wanted to bring it up because it kind of shows on how it can totally change the video game industry. Uh, the th company that pops into my head is Rare. So obviously Rare had a great partnership with Nintendo. If we think of the Rare games from back in the day, we think of Donkey Kong Country, we think of Perfect Dark, we think of Battletoads, we think of, you know, <laughs> GoldenEye 007, Banjo-Kazooie. Those are all games that were on Nintendo platforms uh, exclusively. And you know, in the early 2000s when Microsoft then purchased Rare, all of a sudden they had control over Rare and what kind of games that they were allowed to develop. Um, you know, certain projects had to be scrapped because they were tied in with Nintendo uh, intellectual property. And so it's kind of interesting how quickly something like that can happen. Sometimes we can see a company like Game Freak, um, you know, start transitioning into releasing their games with other companies and sometimes that can create new partnerships um, sometimes like I said those result in a company flat out buying another company and totally changing that uh, the direction that that company was headed in but it's really cool and so I was kind of thinking you know what I would like to see and um, I think like a company if they somehow bought see it's it's difficult because it kind you get into the whole mess of licensing and who owns what IP right because if you look at certain studios certain companies will develop a game but the publishing company will then have if it's Microsoft or Nintendo or Sony will have certain rights in it so even if you know that company was purchased let's say Sony was the one who published it, they still have certain rights over that IP. And then, you know, there's a whole whack of legal stuff that would have to be done in order to see a new game uh, in that in that franchise. But, you know, it just, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to bring this article to kind of get you guys uh, thinking like that and thinking how cool it would be um, or how how it can be cool, sorry, I, I, I'm wording this really poorly, but how it can be cool like in Game Freak's situation where now they're able to, you know, they can do things on their own, but how quickly it can be changed based on the legal mess of, you know, owning certain percentages and stakes in certain game developer developers out there, right? It's the business aspect of it, and we kind of go and look at our last week's show about 10 canceled video games we talked about, you know, all these video games that cancel and all it's basically comes down to the business side of the industry, right? And, you know, just a stroke of a pen on a piece of paper can really change the games that we play just like that. So 
it, it, it got me thinking a little bit, maybe a little bit too much. Uh, this was just a small announcement, but um, the thoughts can started to come in, and so I wanted to express them a little bit. Okay, let's end the, off the show with what is the weekly Games Are Fun showcase game. So, the game that is being highlighted, basically this segment, I kind of got inspired from it from my Instagram. So you can head over to Instagram and search for at Games Are Fun Podcast. That's where I post pictures of my physical video game collection. I have a lot of games across lots of different platforms, and I post different pictures, and I'll put a little, you know, blip of kind of what a that game meant to me or a memory attached to that game or just what I think of that franchise. And I wanted to pull what I do over on Instagram and bring it over onto the podcast show. So each week we'll have a game that will be highlighted and it will be talked about. Now, a lot of these games, some are released in the last couple of years. Some are, you know, 20 plus years old, but I wanted to take the time to kind of talk about a game that I liked and shared over on my Instagram page. So basically any of the photos you see on Instagram could be a future segment on the show or a game that's highlighted and showcased. So let's get on to today's game. So the first game I wanted to talk about is a game that I consider a cult classic. It is a game that not a lot of people know about. It's a game that I thoroughly enjoyed and I really, really hope that by me talking about this game, people will become interested and hopefully go and experience it for themselves. So the game that I wanted to talk about is Brutal Legend. So Brutal Legend was a game that uh, was from Tim Schafer and over at Double Fine Productions and it was published by Electronic Arts. So it came out in October of 2009. It was available on PS3 and Xbox 360. And then later in 2013, it came to Windows, OS X, and Linux. Linux? Linux. Who cares? No one has Linux. Uh, So yeah, Brutal Legend is basically a game. It's an action adventure game, I guess, that stars uh, Eddie Riggs. And Eddie Riggs is actually voiced by Jack Black. Eddie Riggs is this roadie character that kind of gets transported into this uh, fantasy world where everything's inspired by heavy metal. (laughs) And so just that sentence alone is dope. Uh, That's a really cool concept. And you already have a great actor like Jack Black voicing your your character that you play as. Um, So you have a battle axe, you have your flying V guitar, and you also drive this hot rod around. And using those three things, you kind of fight different demons within this game world. So this game is awesome because it also has some cameo appearances. Um, You know, Lemmy from Motorhead, Rob Halford, Ozzy Osbourne, Lita Ford, and uh, Tim Curry is also in the game as well. So it's cool that they brought you know real world metal stars into the game to be a part of it, and some of them actually are like bosses that you have to battle. So it's really sweet. If you are a fan of music and music history, especially uh, when it comes to rock and roll and heavy metal. This is a game that you'll definitely find interest in because there are so many references to the music industry and the heavy metal industry, and it makes it a really enjoyable and fun game. It is probably one of the funnest games I've ever played, and 
you know, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, it wasn't backwards compatible for the longest time, you know, that I, I, it kind of left memory, sort of, sort of speak, because I, you know, it came out in two thousand nine. We never saw a sequel. It didn't really sell that well. I think it sold under half a million copies, like somewhere at three hundred fifty. Don't quote me on this, but somewhere around the three hundred fifty thousand mark. Uh, so not a lot of copies sold. And that's probably reason why we never saw a sequel. But nonetheless, people really liked it. Like it, it reviewed really well. Um, it has an 80% over on Metacritic. So it's a video game that is good. Uh, really good. It's great. And still, not a lot of people have even heard of it. So it's kind of interesting in that way. But what's cool is that the game is backwards compatible on Xbox One now. So I think actually last fall it's been backwards compatible uh, on the Xbox One platform. So if you own it, you can pop in your old copy and replay it again. And if you don't, please, if you have the money to kind of check back on one of these games, go on the Xbox Marketplace store and buy this game. It's probably $20, I'm going to guess, based on other backwards compatible games. But it's totally worth it. It is such a fun game. Um, I remember getting the game probably the Christmas of 2009 and just playing it nonstop. The, it, I'm really, just by talking about this, I am going to go back and explore this game. So Brutal Legend, that's a, just a little bit about the game. Of course, I'm not going to go into everything you do in it, but it is a fun game and I highly, highly recommend it. So... That's basically what I hope to do at the end of each show is to have the weekly uh, gaff showcase game and that's going to change every week. It's going to be a game that I bring to your guys' attention. Hopefully it's enough for you guys to go look into or hopefully it's a game you never heard about. That's kind of the point is to bring up games that people might not know about and so for you to go and check them out for yourself and experience them. So. Anyways, let's end off the show. Thank you so much for listening to Games Are Fun. Just a reminder that it's available every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time on your platform of choice, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Of course, CastBox listeners, you will catch last week's episode as well, released uh, this Tuesday, the 22nd. And yeah, I apologize for that misstep last week. So we will talk to you guys next week. Reminder that of course, uh, next Tuesday, the 29th, I will be streaming Resident Evil 2 over on twitch.tv slash gamesarefunpodcast. Make sure you catch that. And then also just go over and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then head over to Twitch and set those alerts so you know if I'm going to be streaming this weekend. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. And we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you later.